All right. Hello, everybody. You see, now I've got a problem because I just gave my watch away. And you will not, and will you not bear witness to it? I show you specified new things, all right? From this time forth, even hidden things which you have not known, they are created now, called into, be, into being by the prophetic word. And not long ago and before today, you have never heard that unless you should say, Behold, I never knew them. So I just had to do what God did, and He said, Give, give, give Him this watch. And I think that, yeah, that's what I said. I knew it. I knew it. And maybe this is just a, a me and him thing. But uh, yeah, so I bless you. And uh, now is your time, brother. Now is your time. <laughs> so, Ish. South Africa, we say Ish. Ish. <laughs> Means I've got no track of time. So I'll have, to, I'll have to watch your faces. When your faces start going funny, then I'll know it's getting close. All right. Thank you to the worship team. It was awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. Thank you, Jesus. So where are you from? I was going to say, you know, specifically when I was sitting there, God said, ask him, where are you from, prophet? So where are you from, prophet? Where are you from? Coimbatore. Coimbatore. Yeah. Coimbatore. Because I see, I see that it, it, it's like, uh, literally when I was praying about it, I saw like a, like a gush of something coming from your, from your innermost being, and it was like jumping the ocean, just jumping the ocean, okay, going, yeah, I don't know if it's the right one, if I got it, but I saw specifically US, and I saw like a, uh, and then, and then I, when I saw this thing jumping, I saw, um, I heard the words deep calling unto deep. Deep calling unto deep, so deep going. So there's gonna be there's gonna be a a, a calling, a, a unction, and you'll go. I don't know why. I saw I even saw places like Miami and weird things like that. But but God is calling you, and it's and it's and it's bigger than what you can dream. At this stage, it's bigger than what you can what you can dream. So so yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I would. Like, so you guys are all awesome. Yeah, it's really good. It's really good what's happening. I wanted to call you David um, because of the, the um, who's, why are you going like that? Okay, I wanted to call you David. And, and it was like, because I saw the whole prophetic thing. Um, and, and I saw the psalmist, you know. And I really see you prophesying behind that thing, you know. Just call you. So I just said David. David, David. Yeah. After my heart. Amen. Thank you, Jesus, for your presence. Thank you for your word. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Another word that God specifically gave me tonight. Uh, there is um, specifically cancer. I believe, I know, cancer is going. And there's specifically a woman with, uh, it's like ovarian cancer. And it, it's going, okay? For, for a while, you haven't been able to conceive and things like that. Tonight, tonight, it's changing. And I prophesy, by this time next year, there'll be a child. All right. Thank you, Jesus. By this time next year, 
there'll be a child. All right, so if that's you, write it down. Write it down. Okay, are you ready for the word? Yes. Where is your accuser? Huh? <laughs> your accuser. There's no accuser. Jesus says, okay, who will condemn you? Neither do I. I do not condemn you. You are free. Amen? Amen. So I just want to go a little bit deeper into the, where, where are we? At the starter. No, where are we now? <laughs> okay, well, I'm at, uh, what was it? Ready, aim. I'm at aim. Tomorrow will be fire. Eh? Okay. All right. Yeah, amen. Ah, thank you. Santosh, I have to, I have to tell you, you haven't really figured out what, you, what, what God has got in store and in plan for you. All right? I just see it's like kind of you've been, you've been wondering what, where, which way am I going? Um, and I don't know if you've been much of a speaker. Like, I don't know if you speak much, like if you've got boldness to get up and to speak. But uh, there's coming like a, like a fire in your tongue and in your heart. And you're going to start seeing things. Yeah. You're going to start seeing scriptures and you're going to start getting revelation like you've never done before. And God is now putting you in the forefront where you can minister. All right. So it's been like a little bit of a, of a quiet time in your life and a wondering, maybe I'm going this way, maybe I'm going that way. And you've watched and you've seen how, how there's been strong leaders in your circle of friends. And you've kind of been the, the Jonathan, or I don't know how to say it. But there's, there's a, there's a, what I mean is you've been really faithful. Okay? But uh, you're coming out to the front, man. Okay? And, and God is placing you in the front where you'll start speaking. Okay? There's a fire and an unction in your mouth. It's cool. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Is there someone with a, 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 like the name R? Uh, you see, now I really struggle with, like, because of Indian names and stuff, but I got this name, like, Rush, Ra- Rashi or something like that, yeah. Huh? Is it you? Yeah, does it have anything to do with happiness, like, like, like your name or, or something like that. What, what is your name? Rashikesh. Okay. All right, come. No, it's fine. You responded. It's good. Someone else here by that, that sound. Rashi. Something Rashi. I saw specifically a Rashi and like a... Like a happiness. Happiness. Huh? Huh? Radesh. Radesh. Okay. Don't worry, it's okay. It's okay. Jesus help me with the with the Indian names. <laughs> Thank you, my father. Yeah. It's not gonna come like you think it's gonna come. Yeah, it's not going to come. It's, it's, I just feel a really sense of the strong presence of God coming your way. Maybe you came here thinking you're going to get some kind of prediction or a, or a no. I mean, specifically from year to year. Okay? But I, I sense a, a real weight of glory coming your life. Okay? 
a real weight of glory, a heaviness, a real heaviness uh, that you're going to walk out of here with. Your life will never be the same. You hear what I'm saying? Thank you, my Father. Thank you, my Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your presence, my Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, my Father. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. You'll walk out here and your life won't be the same again. Simplicity. You can go sit down and just enjoy, enjoy the word. I have to get started because we're not going to. All right, are you ready for the word? Yes. You guys know that the word is a miracle. The word is a wonder. You know, we talk about miracles, signs, and wonders. But you know that when Jesus ministered and when Jesus taught, when he preached, it was a wonder. People were like, wow. Because the word is a wonder. It's, it's a wonder. So, uh, first of all, that's why as a, as a preacher or as a man of God or whatever you are, you have to be able to minister the word. And you have to be able to minister the word in spirit. You know, you can't, you can't bring it off as information. You have to deliver it in revelation. People have to see something. So, are you ready to, to, to see the word? <laughs> Amen. All right, Father, where will we start tonight? So, thank you for your word. Lord Jesus, uh, let there be a real spirit of hearing tonight that everyone will be able to hear and even more will be added. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. All right, go to the... It's difficult. Okay, go to 1 John. 1 John. And, and oh, oh, Prem, you must help me with time, eh? You must help me with time because I, I can get lost in this thing, you know? Because tonight's going to be deep and it's going to be awesome and it's going to be heavy. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, my Father. Thank you, Jesus. All right, let's go for it. I'm going to speak about visibility and, and, and invisibility. Okay, so we're not really going to build up on much of what we said last night. But uh, just about the dimensions of what's visible and what's invisible. Okay, and this is, this is important because we know that uh, Philippians chapter 2, or is it 3, it says that uh, let the same mind be, you, be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, okay? Who thought it not robbery to be equal with God. But then it says he stripped himself from all rights and privileges and became a man. And it says he appeared a human being. So he went from a realm of invisibility to a realm of visibility where, where you, can, you can see and you can touch and you can taste and you can sense, you know, you can feel. So he went from invisibility went to visibility and then he went from visibility to invisibility all right and we'll we'll discuss a little bit more about this now you promise like remember you're not going to be quiet if you like what i say just even if it's a nod your head yeah yeah that's right you know because there's a response always you know the bible compares uh the bible explains that the word is seed but it also explains that the word is rain. And that the, the, the rain comes and it returns. 
You understand? So that's why when there's a word coming forth, whenever there's an agreement, it returns. And it, and it can do its thing. So that's why I always encourage, even if you say yes, something happens, you know? If you sit there and it goes over your head. So, yeah. All right. So, are you ready? Yes. <laughs> All right. 1 John chapter 3. Mm. Mm-hmm. Chapter 4. Chapter 4, 1 John 4, excuse me. <laughs> All right. This, this, uh, these scriptures really open up to me every time I come to India. So, all right. 1 John 4, verse 12. Okay. It says, No man at any time has seen God. But if we love one another, God abides in us and His love, uh, that love which is essentially His, is brought to completion to its full maturity runs its course, is perfected in us. Okay, so um, no man at any time has seen God. So now that, you know, I was explaining in the car that if you, if you want revelation and you want to get revelation, then it's important to emphasize the words in the scripture because each word um, contains revelation. Okay, so it's like if you uh, quote that thing, no man at any time, has seen God. So if you emphasize, say no man at any time has ever seen God, then you get revelation from seeing. Okay? And every time the word but appears in the Bible, it's very important. It's like extremely important that you pay attention. So it says, no man at any time has ever seen God, but if we love one another. So you stop there, then you, then you realize we're talking about what's visible and what's invisible. Okay, so, so he says, you haven't seen God, but if we love one another. All right. So 1 John 4 over it says, God is love. God is love. All right. So no man has seen God, but if we love. So as soon as love is there, it, it brings a dimension of, of making God visible. Okay? Is that good? Yes. I'll show you. Alright, so we touched on this earlier in the week. But God is love. Alright, God is love. doesn't say God has love. No, God is love. Alright, another, another in John chapter 4. It says, God is spirit. Okay? God is spirit. Alright, so God is invisible. He's a spirit. He is love. Love is invisible. How do you see love? Where is love? You know, and I think somehow we all know how to see love. Have, has anyone ever ministered to you and you just know this guy, there's no love. There's nothing there. But when love is beaming forth... Oh, you just say, yeah, there's something about that guy, man. He's just, he's like full of love. You experience it. You see it. Is that right? Okay. So now, so God is love. God is spirit. Okay. Now, although you're looking at me uh, and you see this, 
I have new nature now. I'm not a human being, remember? Did we speak about that yet? We didn't speak about that yet. So I'm not a human being anymore. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a spirit being. The Bible says in John chapter 3, it says, Whatever is born of flesh is flesh. Whatever is born of spirit is spirit. Okay? So if you're born again, and you call God your Father who is spirit, okay, then you are a spirit. Amen. You are not spiritual. You're a spirit. Okay? You put it in your confession yesterday, so they did hear it. So, you are a spirit. You are not spiritual. You are a spirit. People will say that man is spiritual because they can't discern that your true nature is spirit. God is your father. Is that good? Okay, good. So, I am a spirit. God is my father who is a spirit. Hebrews is it 11 of verse 12. It says, God is the father of spirits. The other, the other scripture, in, in John chapter 12, he says, Walk in the light while you have the light, so that you may become the sons of light. Okay. Uh, the Bible says that God is light. Okay. Anyways, don't worry about the verse. Go and Google and search God is light and you'll find it there. It's there, trust me. Jesus, when he, when he, when he spoke to the, uh, to the devil, he never mentioned the verse. He just said it is written. So I'm just saying it's written there in the New Testament. It's written, okay? God is light. All right, so then uh, James, is it chapter 1 verse 16? says every verse 6 or 16. Every good and perfect gift comes from the Father of what? Lights. Lights, as in plural, lights. He's the Father of lights. Who's the lights? You are. You're a light being. You are a spirit being. You, you might have got a nature from Adam, which was human being, but you are now spirit being. So the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3, that Jesus, He is the sole expression of the glory of God. Then it says, the light being is a light being. You share nature with Him. Okay? Good. So we're speaking about visibility and invisibility. Okay? Must I slow down? Is it good? Alright, just if I lift this hand, just say, hallelujah. No, 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 no. I can't preach like that. Good, and this one is the amen. This one. There we go. Am I looking good? There we go. Thank you. When I come to India, everyone says, yeah, I love your hairstyle. Everyone says that. I'm like, it never happens in South Africa. So I'm happy. It's good. All right. Okay, so God is love. Okay, now I explained it. Because God is desperate. God is desperate to be made visible. God wants to be seen. God wants to be seen. God wants people to see Him. Okay? Alright. So now let's, let's explain this thing. I've, I've done this before, but this is a good explanation. You see this pulpit? 
What is this pulpit? It's wood. Okay, the, this pulpit is wood. So, now right here, I've got a vision, and I start seeing a pulpit. So I draw the dimensions, I, I take measurements, and I, and I put, put it on paper. But now it's all there. But the problem is the substance isn't there. Okay, so soon as the substance comes in, it becomes a, yeah, it becomes pulpit. So, okay, so this pulpit is wood. So you take the wood away, there's no pulpit. Okay, but it is wood. But this is a pulpit. But it is wood. The substance of the pulpit is wood. So God is love. Okay? So the substance of God is love. You take love out of the equation, there's no God. So God is made visible through love. Come on, this is just our introduction and we're going to go really deep. So try and keep up with those amens and those yeses. and those Okay. All right. Thank you, my Father. Thank you, Jesus, for your word. It's going to change your life and my life. Amen. Amen. All right. So now if you go to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, it says, now. Say now. now. Okay. Now faith. Yeah. Now faith. That's good. Now faith is the substance. Oh, now we're hearing substance again. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Then it says, the evidence of things not seen. Now faith is substance. Now substance, you see what this is? Is substance. That substance, you can feel it. Okay? Now it says faith is substance. Okay? Faith is substance. So, and it says substance of what? Things hoped for. Then it says evidence of things not seen. So there's things in your life. Okay, right now. There's things in your life and you know that there's an inheritance for you. Okay, from God. But sometimes we don't see it. But it doesn't mean it's not yours. Okay, it is yours. So that's when hope comes in. Alright? If God has given you hope, hope is not like the world thinks hope is. You know, uh, the world goes to a casino and they, they put some money in the machine and they hope they win. Which means there's a possibility that they won't. Okay? No. The, the, the hope in Jesus, the hope that we have in Christ is sure. You have it. All right, you have it. You have all things. So now the problem is sight. We don't see. So what do you need? Faith. Faith. Because faith takes those invisible things and puts substance to it and makes it visible. Okay. Is it falling? So the substance of God is love. So if I put love, love, like revelation of God and who He is in my life, if I understand that and I go to you and I say, Hey, brother, 
the Lord loves you. And it's true and genuine. As true and genuine as it is, the Lord has a plan for your life. Yeah? All of a sudden, it's like, hey, you've been alone for so long, you know? But God is with you. God's word is true. Next thing you start seeing God. I'm making God visible through the simplicity of love. Okay? Loving you. Okay. So I make God visible in a certain kind of dimension. Now with faith, by faith, I make what's invisible and I let it manifest. Okay? So that's how I can go to a crippled person and say, be healed. What happens? They were healed by Jesus 2,000 years ago. But there was faith involved. And faith manifested. Amen? Okay, good. Thank you, Jesus. This is good word. It's exciting. All right. We're going to go really deep. Amen. Okay. Hmm. Okay. Let's, let's go start from this. 1 John chapter 3, verse 1. Now while you go there, I'll just tell you, John chapter 1, verse 18, it says, No man at any time has ever seen God. Exactly the same thing that's in 1 John 4 that we read. And then it goes on to say, But the Son of God, who is in the bosom of the Father, has revealed Him has openly disclosed him. Okay? Openly disclosed the Father. And I've often thought about this thing, you know, because by nature, when people see me, they look to me and say, you look like your mom. You smile like your mom. You've got your mom's eyes, these little small eyes that close. You know, you heard the big eyes tonight. You got your dad's stature, you know. And uh, when Jesus was walking earth, there was probably the same kind of thing. Now I know his father, his father was God. But when he looked, he looked like a human being. So people didn't say, hey, look, yeah, he looks like God. Yeah, he looked just like your father. There wasn't comments like that. Okay. And rarely, rarely did, did people ever point to him and say, you, are, you, you must be the son of God. No, they would say, no, isn't this the child of Mary and Joseph who comes from, from there? So they struggled to believe who, the, who he really was. They struggled to see who he really was. But Jesus says, uh, but John wrote and he said that no man has ever seen God, but Jesus revealed him openly revealed him okay so he was all right now this this was good so john 14 he says he says um he has a discussion with the with with the disciples and he says it's round about verse 7 he says i am the way the truth and the life no man comes into the father but by and through me and then the one disciple says show us the father Okay, And then Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So he said, I am the, I'm the expression of the Father. Look to me. And then they said again, show us the Father. That's all that we ask. And then he says, 
How long have I been with you? And you still do not see it. And he said, if you cannot believe me, believe for the works. Now, if you go right through the book of John, Jesus would say stuff like this. The works that I do, they are not my works. They are my Father's works. Okay, this, this is awesome. They are my Father's works. So Jesus was just going about revealing the Father. Through the simplicity of what I was telling you, He loves you. Okay? That's awesome. He said, the works that I do, I do not speak on my own accord, on my own authority. Okay? So everything He was doing was representing the Father. All right, so, this is just to try and lay the foundation of the message. So then, um, yeah, remember Matthew chapter 16, round about verse 16, I think. He has a discussion with um, the disciples, and he says, Who do the people say that I am? Yeah, some of you guys have been listening. Good. Who do the people say that I am? And they said, some say you're Elijah, some say you're the prophets, blah, 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 blah. No one said son of God. Okay, then, yes, good, I'm glad. Sounds like I've preached it before you, have I? Okay, then he said to Peter, okay, Peter, who do you say I am? Or Simon, who do you say I am? He said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus says to him, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but this has been revealed to you by my Father. So who showed, who showed Peter that Jesus was the Son? The Father. Jesus didn't show to anyone that he was the Son. Jesus showed everyone the Father. His heart was in such a way positioned, he knew his father, that his heart was revealing his father. Yeah, today we got, we are sons of God. Look at me, you know, heal the sick. I'm a son of God. I'm a son. You're a son. And we've, we've missed the heart of it. Because had we understood the father's love towards people, we would say, hey, my father loves you. Jesus loves you. And, and the heart of of the son would be to reveal the father and the heart of the father is to say hey that's my son that's my son so you see that you see it all over the scriptures where where jesus would say it's my father when when the the jews were persecuting him he said i can only do this is my father's business but then you get instances where god would say and a cloud would overshadow them and it would say this is my son. This is my son. And he would reveal his son. So remember now, we're speaking about visibility and invisibility. The job of the sons of God is not to show the world that they are sons of God. Okay? The job of the sons of God is to show the world the Father. It's to make the Father visible. God desires to be made visible. And He hasn't chosen it by appearing. 
He's, a, he's chosen it by appearing through you. Okay? By, he wants you to make Him visible. Come on, somebody. You have to make God visible. How do you do that? By knowing Him. By knowing the Father. By knowing Jesus. By knowing the Christ. By knowing what dwells in you. By spending time with Him. By knowing His heart. His love. His love. His light. His truth. His good. By knowing everything about Him and just revealing. Amen. And that's, that's awesome. That's why I like worship like tonight. If you, if you really worship, and as you worship, it's like breathing. It's like you, you exhaling worship. God is breathing in worship and is exhaling revelation. And you inhale revelation. And you exhale worship. And he, oh, come on. He inhales worship. And he exhales revelation. And you see that thing of the response and it's, I know you. I'm called to know you. Come on. Come on. Awesome. 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 That is what we're called to do. We're called to know him. We're invited to know him. Amen. Amen. All right. So let's have a look at this. 1 John chapter 3 verse 1. It says, see. All right. There we go. Visible. He wants you to see. See. What an incredible quality of love the Father has given. That we should be named and called and counted the children of God. When last has someone pointed to you and said, you must be the child of God? Eh? I know it's happened. Maybe you don't know it's happened. But see, he says, see, see what an incredible quality of love the Father has given, that you should be called the sons of God. So it's showing his love and, and his desire to reveal you as sons. Okay? To reveal you, this is my son. This is my child. And he says, see what quality of love the Father is bestowed on us. Now, read on. The reason that the world does not know us is that it does not know Him. Okay. So, that scripture basically summarizes what I'm trying to say. He says, see what quality of love the Father bestowed on us that we should be called the children of God. So, God's desire is to make Himself visible through you. To reveal you as His Son. Then it says, The reason the world doesn't know you is because it doesn't know Him. So now you see how it works. Because our job is to make Him known. So if it doesn't know Him, it won't know you. But when it has an encounter with Him, it will immediately know who you are. And you see that through scriptures. As soon as Jesus healed the sick... Son of God. I see God. You hear what I'm saying? As soon as there was an encounter, this. Ah, Son of God. Oh, you know, oh, you saw me when I was under the tree. Yes, Nathaniel. You must be the Son of God. He made the Father visible. And in that encounter, they knew. They knew, yeah, this must be sons of God. Amen. Oh, this is deep. 
This is really deep because we're going we're gonna to jump in real, real deep word now. Really, really deep word. And this is just like the, the, the foundation of it. Thank you, Jesus. How are we going to do this, Lord? Thank you, Jesus. So, thank you, Father. Okay. So verse 2 says, Beloved, we are now God's children. It is not yet disclosed what we shall be hereafter. But we know that when He comes and is manifested, we shall resemble and be like Him. For we shall see Him just as He really is. You know, it's funny, I said it earlier this week, but it's, the church has got so many different doctrines and they get from the, from the Bible, actually, from interpreting it. They interpret it so, in such a way that it's so different and we sit with doctrines, different doctrines, because we don't know God. And it's so simple because He's love. He's, he's love. You know, if someone doesn't know who they are, they want to know who their parents are. You know, it's one thing to know someone. It's another thing to know about someone. You know, it's like there's, in, back in, in town, you know, it happened in such a way that, that people think, some people think I'm a false prophet. Some people think uh, he's, a, he's a wolf in sheep's clothing. Some people think, yes, yeah, such a man of God. Then there's my wife, and she says, I know him. <laughs> people know stuff about me, but she knows me. She knows who I am. You know, and, and, and many people only have knowledge about God. And they don't know Him. So that's why when we bring the Word, it's revelation. It's not information. Information does nothing for you. Revelation is like, ah, oh, Jesus, my Father. Amen. Okay. Thank you, Father. Alright, let's jump in. Let's go deeper. How deep can we go tonight? Re, uh, Romans, you know, you can't, have a, you can't have a sermon without Romans 8. Romans 8 has to be in your sermon. Alright, this is the popular one. Verse 19. Oh yeah, we have to read verse 18. Alright, let's go for it. But what of that? For I consider that the sufferings of this present time. Okay, now some stuff in, when it speaks about this time, when it was recorded... You know, there's many things in the Bible that was recorded at a specific time that is not for you. So you must be careful what scriptures you apply in your life and take, yes, that's for me. Because he's not implying that you must suffer. There was uh, one, in the book of 1 Peter, it speaks about the prophets that prophesied of the sufferings of Christ and then after the glories that must follow. So there's suffering and there's glory. 
you have to understand that Jesus suffered. Okay? Yeah, Paul writes in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, is it 2 Corinthians 4? He says, all the apostles are pointed to death. There was a time of suffering. And then there's a time of glory. All right, so it's time for glory. All right, four. Um, I consider that the sufferings of this time are not worth being compared with the glory. Come on. That is about to be revealed to us and in us and for us and conferred on us. So there's a glory that's going to be revealed. <laughs> this, is, this is too good. Okay, there's a glory that's going to be revealed. If it's revealed, it means it's visible. Oh, Jesus. Okay. It can't be revealed if you're in heaven. How are people going to say you are sons of God if you're in heaven? So it means that something has to change. Okay? All right. Keep your finger there and go to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 4. Or 2 Corinthians 4. Let me make sure and then... Couldn't they just name the two? Yeah, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Verse 18. Are you there? You have to hear this. Say, I'm hearing. Since we consider and look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are visible are temporal, but the things that are invisible are deathless and everlasting. Now, if you don't understand that, then you will think, oh, okay, yeah, so we have to look. We have to look to heaven and think one day I'll go to heaven, I'll have a, a mansion there, I'll have a house there, I'll have a nice thing there. I can't see it now, but I'm looking to that. That's, and then I look at my body, it's busy dying. Okay? Because it's temporal. And it's, to an extent, it's right. Because if you look at this, it's, this thing was brand new at a time. But it's corrupted. Okay. So the things that are seen... They are temporal. They are fading away. Now, remember seen, visible, invisible. Okay, so the things which are seen, they are temporal. But the things which are invisible are deathless and everlasting. So Paul writes in Romans 8 and he says, The sufferings of, of this time are not worth to be compared to the glory, okay, that will be what? Revealed in us, through us, conferred on us, okay. So it's gonna, it has to change. We see glimpses of it now, when, when the simplicity, like I explained, we see glimpses of it when someone gets healed, okay. We see glimpses of it. Because God wants these, death, these visible things that are temporal to change. To change. You see, the, the church has uh, adopted a mentality of leaving. At any time, 
He's going to come fetch us. Right now. Be ready. At any time. He's coming to get us. Goodness. And I've heard it since I was a kid. 1992 was prophesied. October. Rapture. 1998 we were supposed to be raptured. 99 we were supposed to be raptured. Then the millennium came in. No, we must be raptured. Uh, when was the next one? What? No, but there was 2006, the 6th of the 6th. Can you remember that one? The 6th of the 6th, 2006, we were supposed to be raptured. 2012, that was also a big one. We had movies about that one. And big prophets and books. And we never get an apology from the guys who made us read those books. They never say, sorry, I missed it. But they bring another prediction out and we buy the book again. So just on that topic now, just quickly. Ecclesiastes 1 verse 4 says, the earth remains forever. Okay, if it says forever, it's forever. John chapter 12 says, the Christ remains forever. So if the earth remains forever and the Christ remains forever, why is the church leaving? Is Christ going to stay on earth? And the church going to go feast or what in heaven? Or why are we confusing it? You know? Why, what didn't we understand about Matthew 6 which says, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth. So we have to understand, are we leaving earth or is the uh, kingdom coming here? Which way? Which way? You know, you talk about a rapture. I believe in a rapture and we will explain a bit more about that. Do you know the earth is round? Which way is heaven if the earth is round? Because we always think heaven is that way, but we stand on a round earth. There's people at the bottom there and heaven is that way. Which way are we going to fly? Because some people have to fly that way then. Okay, so we don't understand. Yeah, heaven is not in altitude. It's in attitude. It's, it's a mindset. When it speaks about higher, it's speaking about higher attitude. Not a not higher altitude. I was, I was in an airplane not too long ago. I didn't see heaven. But it's here amongst us. It's here when we worship. It says he, he appears in the midst of a worshiping congregation. Come on. He's here. He's not far. He's not distant. He's in the realm of an invisible. Come on. And his desire is to be made visible. And we have to see it. Okay. Because the temporal thing, uh, the invisible things are temporal. And God wants it to change. He wants it to change. Okay. So, who shall declare his generation? We will declare the generation. Okay, so it's verse 19. It says, even the whole creation waits expectantly. And longs earnestly for God's sons to be made known. Waits for the revealing. So everything, your cat, your dog, is crying out, can we please see God? Creation cannot see something that's invisible. Okay? Creation needs to see you manifest the invisible and say, oh, there we go. That's what I'm talking about. Come on. 
it's not going to see it if you're in heaven. It's not going to see it. Okay? It's not going to see you. There you go. No, heaven must manifest here. It has to manifest here. I know it's, you know, a lot of us, we were raised up because we get by information and not by revelation. We grow up in the information of I must go to heaven. And we didn't receive the revelation that he's always wanted us here. Yeah. He's always wanted us here. God wants us here. <laughs> okay, so let's, let's have a look at this. Are you ready? Yes. So, okay. For creation was subject to frailty, not because of some intentional fault on its part, but by the will of him who so subjected it with the hope, say hope, that nature itself will be set free from its bondage to decay and corrupt. The visible things are temporal. That's not God saying that's how it's going to be. Paul says that is bondage. And he says creation must be set free from it. So the visible things are temporal. But the invisible is deathless. So the, the invisible has to change what's visible. Okay, are you hearing what I'm saying? Because even visibility being temporal is an error. Okay? It's an error. It's not natural according to... Okay, it's not natural like in terms of God. It's not what God designed it for. God has got no um, pleasure in death whatsoever. I lost my dog last year. I cried forever. <laughs> I know God doesn't, He has no desire. He, no. But hope. So hope is there. Why is hope there? Let's read. Is this okay? Uh, yeah, we're feeling this one. Okay, okay verse 21. With a hope. That nature itself will be set free from its bondage to decay and corrupt into the glorious freedom of God's children. Okay, so as long as the, the, the glorious children are corrupting and dying, you can't, creation won't experience freedom from bondage. Does that make sense to you? So an attitude has to change. Okay? An attitude has to change. So Paul, Paul was saying, when he, when he said in 2 Corinthians 4, we, we do not look to, to the, the visible. Because if you look to your body, you'll get distracted from the promise. Okay? It was like the promise that came to Abraham. Okay? In old age, he said, you'll conceive and you'll have a son. Okay? You know how old Sarah was. How old was like 90 or something? Abraham was like 100 and something. They were old people. Really old. So, <laughs> so Romans 4, he says, so it says, Abraham's body was as good as dead. 
So if the Bible says that and it repeats it in Romans 4 and Hebrews 11, it means that Abraham could have been dead and God could have given that promise. And then it says he didn't consider his body, but he, was, he knew that God would do what he said he would do and that he was fully capable. And that's what it means about not looking to the visible, but looking to the invisible, to the word. You said it, I believe it. You hear what I'm saying? Because the word comes to you and says, hey, you can live forever. You can live without sickness. Or your child will be healed and you look at her and she can't move. She's crippled. Then you look to the invisible and you get distracted. But if you look away and you look to the invisible, ah, I see. I see. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we... We'd look away from the distraction. Amen? You hear what I'm saying? So, keep your finger there and go to Philippians. This is a powerful word, man. Philippians chapter 3, verse 20. It says in the King James, it says, Our conversation is in heaven. Stop. In the Amplified, it says, we are citizens, which is in heaven. Let's read on. From where we look for the Savior. Oh. Oh. Wait. I thought we were looking to heaven for the Savior. Did you, did you read what it says there? It says, you are citizens of heaven. Okay, your conversation is in heaven. Then it says, from where you look. So you're looking from the perspective from heaven. Not looking to heaven. You're looking from heaven. So Ephesians 2 says, you are seated in heavenly places. So Colossians 3 says, set your mind on things above. You know, where Christ is seated. Where you are seated. Okay. So from heaven we look. Then we read on. Okay. <laughs> We look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will change your vile body, that it may be fashioned unto His glorious body, according to the working which by is able even to subdue all things to Himself. So we look from heaven. We don't look to heaven. Okay. So when Jesus left, the angels were looking into heaven. Ach, the angels, what the, the disciples. And while they were looking to heaven... Uh, angels appeared or two men appeared and said, hey, wh why are you looking into heaven? Why are you looking? He says he'll come just as the same way he went. Okay. Maybe this is not for tonight. Maybe this is for the main meal. Eh? <laughs> Maybe we must do the main meal on this one tomorrow. I mean, for the last 2,000 years, the church has been looking up. <laughs> huh? They've been in the posture of, which cloud is it going to be? <laughs> He's not coming like that. Can I give you news like that? He's not coming like that. He says, we look from heaven, and you, what, you, what you're seeing might be temporal. But we're looking for the Savior, because He will change your body. Okay? 
Now let me tell you this. I've said this before, but it will hit hard tonight. Jesus appeared firstly like one of us. So we talk about a first appearance. The Bible speaks about another appearance. His first appearance was Him appearing like us. His second appearance is us appearing like Him. All right. All right. Because you change. I've, oh, let's, just, let's just carry on. Okay. I'm not saying that Jesus is not going to come physically. Like physically like he left. You have to listen to this. Okay. I've said this before. But here is... Can you, can you bring that chair and put it on the stage? Alright, just put it on the stage. Are you ready? You sit there on the stage. Don't fall. Good. Okay. So now, Jesus says in John 16, He says, It is to your advantage that I go. Remember we spoke about this for those of you who were here last time. Alright, so it is to your advantage that I go. So do you know that when Jesus went... You have an advantage. Okay. Do you understand that? Because I never understood that. (laughs) I said, Jesus, you were doing a great job when you were here. Healing the sick, raising the dead, multiplying food. It would have been a lot better if you stayed. But Jesus says, no, it's to your advantage that I go. So we haven't caught the advantage because we're still looking up. And we think we're disadvantaged without a physical Jesus. But he said, here's the advantage. If I go, I'll send you the Spirit. Okay? The comforter, the standby, the advocate, the helper, all of that is the the Spirit, my other self. So what had to happen, please pay attention. You have to pay attention. So what had to happen, here is Jesus physically. There is the Spirit. So Jesus said, I cannot send you the Spirit if I do not go. So Jesus had to go into an invisible realm, not into a cloud, an invisible realm. So he went into an invisible realm, all right, so that the invisible can inhabit everyone, all right? All right, so now he is now seated and the invisible is in you, all right, in you. Now, our problem is we want to come back like it was. If he comes back now physically, what will it do to his statement that said, I have to go in order for you to be filled with me? He had to go. He had to be in the, go back to invisible in order to fill you. Now, if he comes back physically, it's just going to change some doctrines, but I'm not going to... So, anyways, don't worry too much. In order for him to, to leave, uh, the spirit to be, excuse me, he had to go. The church hasn't got the advantage because they're still looking. But you got the spirit in you. You got, you got his very life he's given you. And we need a church that looks to the invisible. Thank you. Amen. You can take your chair and go sit down. 
If you didn't get it now, tonight when you're lying there on the bed, thinking about everything, it will hit you. So the sufferings of this time are not worth comparing, being compared to the glory that is going to be revealed and seen, conferred on us and say, wow, son of God, son of God. And my dog is like, ah, <laughs> anyways, for me, Romans 8, can we carry on? Thank you, Jesus. Is that too much? Okay, so we know, verse 22, we know that the whole creation of, ir- of irrational creatures, Romans 8 verse 22, has been moaning together in the pains of labor until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves too, who have and enjoy the first fruits of the Spirit, a foretaste of the blissful things to come. It says, we groan inwardly as we wait for the redemption of our bodies. From sensuality and the grave, which will reveal our adoption as God's sons. This is great. It says we groan. We groan inwardly as we wait for the redemption. Okay, what, did, what does it say? Please help me. I'm just a bit lost. Yeah, as we wait for the redemption of our bodies. Okay? You know what it means if your body is redeemed? It means it's immortal. It means it cannot die. So we consider it not. We do not look. And I love this thing. Because it says here, verse 22, We know the whole creation has been moaning together in pains of labor. When? Until now. Until now. Okay, someone say now. Until now, creation has been moaning in pains of labor. And it says, we also, we've been groaning within us as we wait for the redemption of our bodies. As we look from heaven for the Savior who will change our body. That it be fashioned according to his working. All right. Somebody say, Shandor. Shakabundi. Just get rid of some religion. Verse 24. For in this hope we were saved. But hope which is seen is not hope. For how can one hope for what he already sees? But if we hope for what is still unseen, we wait for it with patience. What hope were you saved? In what hope were you saved? That you will die and go to heaven? No. No. This hope which says you will be revealed. Behold, see what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us. That we should be called the sons of God. We groan inwardly as we wait for the redemption of our bodies. Come on. Are you still? This is hope. Guys, I I explained. 
My grandmother passed away last, my great-grandmother passed away at 104. When she was on her deathbed, she didn't cry out, oh, I can't wait to go to heaven. She said, I want to live just another day. Just another day. Just let me live another day. And she is in heaven now. But the error, everyone knows it, whether you're a child or whether you're old. Death is not right. It leaves you with a sting. It leaves you with a, this is not right. This is not right. And it's that groan within you that says, all creation is waiting. All creation is waiting. Come on. 1 Corinthians 15, it says, the last enemy to be subdued is death. Death is our enemy. Is not our friend. I said it, when did I say it? Last night. The pastors today, we are paid to marry people and to bury people. But death is our enemy. He said, hey, raise the dead. Raise the dead. Now, I know a lot of you all have been, been doing that. Yeah? You've been at least attempting and trying and you'll see it. Watch. Don't worry. You'll watch. You'll see is this too much? Okay, let me, let me emphasize that point. Every religion places their hope in an afterlife. Whether you like Hindu, am I right? Muslim, whatever. You believe that somehow after death, you'll get some kind of life. Is that right? So every religion places their hope in an afterlife. So now science and Google all claim that they can get man to live forever, or at least for a thousand years or so. Imagine they get this right. I'm, I'm asking like the church. Imagine the church, uh, the, the medical world, gets it right for man to live to 500 or a thousand years, or forever. What would that do to religion? What religion would be able to sustain itself if man just lived? Because religion has put their faith in death. And death is not our Savior. Jesus is our Savior. You don't die to go to heaven. You accept Jesus to go to heaven. Come on, somebody. Come on. So it has to change. In 1 Thessalonians 4, he says, Concerning those who have fallen asleep in death, Okay, it, then it goes on to explain, you know, about he'll come and he'll bring them, so you'll see them again. He says, comfort them. So heaven is there. The idea that people passed on and gone there is there for your comfort. But the idea is for them to come, yeah, because the earth remains forever. The Christ remains forever. The earth is the Lord's. Shando. Are you enjoying it? Yes. It's interesting. Because we, if I grew up in the church. And somehow like when the way you raise your kids, you have to raise them up to know Jesus. Don't focus on so much of information. Like teach them the right way. But I grew up with a lack of revelation. And I just adopted the mentality of like... Jesus is coming any minute. I had dreams of being left behind. 
Has anyone had dreams like that? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Being left behind. And then, and then sometimes you come home and mom and dad's not home. <laughs> and it's like panic hits you. Oh, goodness. Oh, gosh. It's the worst. Okay, so, all right. So, it says, but hope. In this hope we were saved. But hope which is seen is not hope. This is good. Hope which is seen is not hope. Okay. So like I said, remember, there's hope. So do you know that you are immortal? Paul says, whether I live or whether I die, I belong to Jesus. I live. Okay. But the hope, the, the hope that we have is given. He says, is immortality. You live. Okay. So right now there's hope. Thank you. There's a hope. We have this hope. But hope which is seen is not hope. So if I look, immortality, the Lord says you'll have immortality. But if I see it, I don't see it. You know? There's a little bit of wrinkles here. But if I saw immortality, it would... It would uh, it wouldn't be hope. Okay? So it's hope. Am I losing you? <laughs> Someone said, yes, yes. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> okay. So, love is the substance of God. Alright? Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Okay. So there's hope which is given to you. So the sufferings of this, time, of this time are not worth being compared to the glory that will be revealed. Whew. Okay, let me explain it this way. Lord, help me get my thoughts together. Romans 1 verse 4 says, Jesus was openly designated the Son of God by the raising of the dead. Okay, so when was Jesus openly designated as God's Son? When he was raised from the dead. Okay? They removed all doubt. Immortal body. Romans chapter 6 says, Because he died and was raised, death no longer has dominion over him. That's immortality. He can't die. Okay? So, we don't see it as in such now. So creation is waiting for the revealing of the sons. It's seen it in Jesus. Now it needs to see it in us. Okay? You got it now. So if we don't see it, that means it's hope. If we see it, it's not hope. So what I'm trying to say is we need a generation of believers that's going to try, that's going to start to put substance into this hope. And start by faith laying hold of this. Because creation waits until now. Now faith is the substance. Creation waits until, and it's going to keep on waiting until now. Until someone realizes that now faith is of things hoped for. Now, now. You'll always have now. Thank you, Jesus. So it says, Christ 
in us the hope of glory. Christ in us, the hope of glory. All right. Okay, so let's calm down with that thought now. Let's go back to the rapture quickly. Any minute now. It's like this guy in town the other day. It's like he's heavy hardcore on the rapture. And I don't disagree with, with everything within the rapture doctrine. I disagree mostly with the mentality it gives the church. Because it gives the church a running away mentality. It, it gives you a, an attempt to sustain your righteousness so you keep your ticket to heaven. Because <laughs> you have to keep on. That's why people that preach the rapture keep on giving their lives to Jesus all the time. And they don't realize, hey, you saved. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly like the visa expire. Yeah. So, so any time now. So this guy comes to me the other day, and he loves the rapture. So I just thought, um, he comes to me and says, Bruce, in the blink of an eye. That's just how he greeted me. So I said, yeah, any second now. And then when we said goodbye, then I said, see you in the clouds, brother. <laughs> see you in the clouds. And he just enjoyed it. And I blessed him, and I had fun as well. I'm not angry with, with people that preach it because they, they preach it out of being brainwashed or ignorance. But the church has to get a revelation. We've been deceived and we've been robbed by, by teaching and stuff like that. So, Proverbs 10 verse 30. You guys check it out there quickly. Let's quickly, Proverbs 10 verse 30. What does it say there? I hope, I hope I'm quoting the right scripture. Is it there, Prem? If you're there, shout it out. Okay, I'll read it. Huh? Yeah, it's there. Listen to you. Proverbs 10 verse 30. The righteous shall never be removed. What? The righteous shall never be removed. Oh, I thought he was removing the righteous. No, the righteous were never removed right throughout Scripture. It was always the wicked that were removed. The righteous shall never be removed, but the wicked shall not inhabit the earth. Matthew 5 verse 5, Jesus says, The meek will inherit the earth. Hello, the earth is your inheritance. Oh, but... I have a mansion in heaven. Mansion in heaven. All my favorite stuff is there. Can I tell you something? You are the mansion. You are the dwelling place. And the mystery is God dwelling in you. That is the wow error, uh, the wow factor of John 14. Oh, in my father's house, I'll go to prepare a place for you. Yeah, place in the father. He said, so that you can be where I am. Where was Jesus? He said, I'm in my Father, and my Father's in me. And I'm going to prepare a place for you. In the Father. Oh, I am the mansion. You are the mansion. You are the dwelling place. He is the dwelling place. Christ in me, me in Christ. Which one? I don't know. Alright, you get that. Okay, Second Thessalonians. Second Thessalonians chapter 4. Are you ready for this? 
You want to be set free. You want your inheritance. Is it blessing you? Yes. Oh, did I say Second Thessalonians or One Thessalonians? One Thessalonians. Excuse me. One Thessalonians. Chapter four. The sudden coming of the Lord. All right. So they say that you'll come in the wink, in the blink of an eye. Like, a, uh, I mean, like a thief in the night. Have you heard that one? Read, read the books. The thief in the night. The thief in the night. Yeah, well, I won't touch on that. Let's just do. Okay, so now. Verse 14. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, God will bring with him through Jesus those who have fallen asleep. Okay, what is he going to do? He's bringing them. He's bringing them. He's not fetching us. He's bringing them. Okay, people have fallen asleep. He's bringing them. He's not fetching us. So somewhere, if he's bringing them or we're fetching, where are we going to miss each other? Because why? Christ remains forever. Thank you, Jesus. Are you ready? Let's carry on. Uh, here we go. This is the famous one. For this we declare to you by the Lord's own word, that we who are alive and remain. Ooh. Just interesting. It's one thing to happen to be alive. It's another thing to have remained alive. The Christ remains forever. For this we declare, okay, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord shall in no way proceed or have any advantage at all over those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a with a loud cry or a trumpet. Not Donald Trump. Trump. And with the blast of the trumpet of God. And those who have disparted this life will, uh, in Christ will rise first. Then the living ones who remain shall simultaneously be caught along with in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Okay? And so shall we be with the Lord. Now, this is quite a heavy scripture because it kind of is like, okay, so he's coming and he's taking us in the clouds. And we'll always be with the Lord in the clouds, okay? Okay. Thank you, Jesus. Let's, let's just skip to, now remember this one and go to Second Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 10. When he comes, are you there? Okay. When he comes to be glorified in his saints. Wow. On that day, he will be made more glorious. And he will be marveled at and admired in all who have believed. Because our witnessing among you was confidently accepted and believed. Okay. You know what? It's not falling now. So we'll do this tomorrow. All right? It's not falling now. So we're going to do it tomorrow. I'm not going to push it. And I'm sorry to leave you hanging 
You'll have to hang on a little bit. We have to do it tomorrow. Okay. You hear what I'm saying? Because I can feel we're all tired and we're pushing for time. And I, I want you to hear the word. But I, I can't rush it to that point. So I'll focus on that tomorrow. So we look not to the visible. We do not consider the visible, but the invisible. Okay? Let's close with the scripture. Colossians chapter 3. It's heavy word. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Colossians 3. We're going to focus on this one tomorrow. Colossians 3 verse 4, it says, When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. If it, he appears, it means you see him. Okay? If I disappear now, you won't see me. If I appear, you will see me. But he says what? He says, when Christ, who is our life, appears. Okay? Christ in you, the hope of glory. Okay? When Christ, who is our life, appears... Then shall you appear. Okay? So what is the appearing of Christ? It's you appearing. It's your appearance. The first appearance of Christ was Him appearing like us. The second appearance is us appearing like Him. Because we have this first fruit in us. And we cry for the redemption of our bodies. Which will reveal our adoption as God's sons. Okay? The appearing is you. To summarize what I've been trying to say, we need a generation with now faith that says, I'm not going to wait for another generation. I need to be a generation that says, now faith. Now faith. That looks for the invisible. That looks for the substance and makes it tangible. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the word. I hope you wrote down some of that. Just take your word, your Bible or your phone, <laughs> something, and just hug it. <laughs> Say thank you, Jesus, for your words. I receive your words, Jesus. It challenges everything. In Christ, you're not a new person. You're a new species. You're a new creation. Not another Bruce. Not another Molni, a Christ person. Okay. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, my Father. Thank you, my Father. Father, I prophesy tonight that there's going to be change. Great change. Great change in their bodies, in their health. Thank you, my Father. Thank you, my Father. Thank you, Jesus. So we need a, a group of people that will make the Father visible. You see, that's your job. Your job is not to try and make yourself visible. The Father visible. All right.